May 27, 2020. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Scott for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Last Wednesday of May. In fact, we're coming to that part of the month of the year. The last days of May, the Blue Oyster Cult song, right? On the first album. Yeah, I think yeah. it's about a Mota deal or some shit that goes bad. But uh, <laughs> I'll play that Saturday because it's not the last day of May, but it's the next to the last day. Anyway, you heard my guest, Sarah. Well, we started the show with John Coltrane with Miles Davis playing in his band and, and Jimmy Cobb on the drum. Tail, I think he was the producer, right? And then Sack of Vomit from Midnight Bomber with Bombs at Midnight, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, my guest for this edition, Chris Rusk out of uh, Knoxville. Welcome aboard, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks to Mike Baguetta for making the fucking connect. <laughs> no, I mean, really, I've had a lot of Knoxville people on the show in the last, you know, since this quitting quarantino by the way that brother matt still uh love grotto uh pleasure point combat out here but uh i mean it's incredible you guys got quite a scene i remember you know i was we had the man who actually does the pilot lamp jason yeah yeah jason boardman yeah 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 and you know i met that guy in the early 2000 i think the club just opened what happened was i played some place called alley cats or something it was kind of square john Mm -hmm. not bad and you know after the gig and stuff i go out and say it was early and i saw the thing pad down the street blue lamp pilot lamp so or pilot light pilot light yeah Yeah, pilot lamp is no actually uh Pilot Light, I know what that's used. There's a fucking, uh, the Navy housing when I came from Virginia to here. uh, It's a little fire that's going on when the the heater ain't on. So when you need it, right? Right. That motherfucker blows out. The pad fills with gas. We were at the Little League field, (laughs) the CBs built for us. And we saw this motherfucking thing fly, you know, it's like a mile away, but over the center field fence. And then we heard the boom, because fu- it blew the lid off, uh, roof off. <laughs> yeah, fuck pilot lights. So pilot lamp, the pilot lamp. So I go in there, and I tell them, look, when I come back to play here, and I think it was the next year, I want to play here, not fucking alley cats or whatever. There was a good, oh, I uh, think it was blue cats. Blue, blue cats, cats, some shit like played. that. Yeah, I remember cats. alley cats because it was mm-hmm. a great... Uh, Hollywood, well, they're actually from Lamita, but they play, you know, I saw them play up in Hollywood and shit in the 70s. Uh-huh. Alley Cats. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, Blue Cats. It was something yeah. like that, and it was, oh, so you were at that gig? It was with my second I, I saw I saw you play at Pilot Light. Um, okay, so it's a second gig then. Of these times, because before it was that that dude that and the other Blue dude's uh, deli. Yeah. yeah, Blue Cats. No, uh, the, 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 I didn't play. Yeah, not, it was the first time for a while from that. You know, Larry Mullen, the last guy, the guy who did the last two years of Stooges with uh, filled in, and he's from right. Knoxville, and he went to California with the doorman. His name was Bonehead. Mm-hmm. What's this place called? It was two guys' name. It was a deli. Oh, Vic and Bills. Vic and Bills. Yeah, yeah that's that's where all the. That was like the scene in the 80s. That's where I played, okay? And then I couldn't yeah. play in the whole 90s because there was no way. It was all Vol Town. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> fort. I mean, I'm only 34. Still is Vol Town. <laughs> so I, I, 
I mean, I was... Well, let's go back with your, your history. What's your earliest musical recollection? It probably ain't Blue Cats. No, 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 no. Well, I guess it depends on what you're saying. If you're if you're talking about like a live show or you're talking about... Just music, a memory. Just music. Man, I had a dude oh, on the shit, show. Probably, get this. Probably when Chris, I was like... Uh, I was Chris, like Chris get this before yeah. you give me the answer. Uh-huh. Not the last dude, but the dude before... Yeah, not the lady mm-hmm. before. But the, he he gave me memories when he was like fucking three. Do you remember shit when you were three? No. Okay, he did. Not. I can't even remember what. I, I have a hard time remembering most things. Well, okay. Whether it's last so that's why or... there's uh, there's it's not supposed to be a hard question, and there's really no wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, go ahead. I'll say. I mean, when I was like. Eight. I loved MC Hammer, and big I pants, loved big that. pants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I loved crisscross. I wore my clothes backwards Backward to pants. school when I was in first grade. Uh, I was a very small, very white kid with really big clothes on backwards. Uh, that's kind of how I started. Uh, that was the beginning of my journey. Um, it was kind of a fashion. Thing. Not just just yeah. not just audio, but there was a visual component. I was a very cool eight year old. Um, they were out in Atlanta, right? Crisscross. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I think like uh, when I really got into music, though, was probably when I was twelve, and I was uh, getting into Nirvana and all that shit. Um, well, what about the pad you grew up in? What, what what town was it? Knoxville. Well, it was Gatlinburg. Okay. Uh, and then Knoxville. Okay. So and when, so when I, I was, I'm wondering about the pad really you grew up in. Your parents or siblings? Uh, Did, were they players I mean, or listeners? Uh, they they were they were just partiers. Um, they they didn't play music, but you know, I grew up. I had young parents. They uh, blasted music all the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because that can have quite an an influence, you know, even though there's no instruments. Uh, I mean, I heard a lot of uh, B-52s and talking heads and shit, um, which was cool uh, from my parents. But they, I think it was really What was the first record you bought yourself? Was it Nirvana? No, it was actually, uh, I think it was Smashing Pumpkins was the first was the first record I bought, but and the first gig you uh, went to? Oh man, um, I think I was twelve and it was Warp Tour or something. Yeah, okay, so a uh, lot of bands, eighty, 80 yeah, bands. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what What about at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? Yeah, you know, I I was I I was in marching band. What'd you play? Um, I played snare. I was I was snare in the marching band. And, and what and that's what, where what, I drew, met. what drew you to it? Uh, well, really, I think, you know, when I was still in Gallenberg, Sevierville area, when I was really young, when I was like six, uh, my cousin and aunt, uh, my aunt got a divorce and moved into the house with my parents and my cousin who was three years older than me came in and, uh, I think her mom's boyfriend got her a keyboard and I had never played with a musical instrument, but at that age, I was just fascinated with the keyboard. Uh, and it was just really fun to me. Ever since then, I wanted piano lessons, and I just wanted to learn music. Um, 
So it went from piano to snare? Well, yeah, well... Well, you kind of beat on the keys. That's kind of percussive. And you know, in the old days, piano was always put in the rhythm section. Yeah, well, exactly. And I just wanted to make noise. And then uh, my mom went out of town, and I convinced my dad to let me get a drum set. And he was like, well, I'm not buying it because your mom won't be into that because they're loud. But... You know, if you if you buy it yourself, I'm not going to stop you. So I I just got everything I could get together and went to the pawn shop and uh, got like a $300 pawn shop drum set. And where'd you with, practice uh, it? Oh, yeah. Where? And I, and I, where? where? Uh, oh, in the garage. And, and my mom came home and she's like, oh, it's the kids across the street. They must have gotten a drum set. That <laughs> sucks. And then she came in and realized... <laughs> Oh, it's getting louder the more I get closer to home. And she was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he got one. And, uh, yeah, and then that means that all the all the band practices happened at the drummer's house. So, right, right. So, I mean, she had to deal with, I mean, shit, like six years of earth-shaking noise. Because, <laughs> of course, when you're that age, all the amps have to be all the way up. Of course. I, I think that's why I play like an asshole because I'm just used to competing with amps with a shitty drum set. So now I just play really fucking hard. <laughs> I'm going to play one guitar here.
Sealer camps and the octopus crawl and the nautilus fall and the dolphins and the whale write your poetry and sit on your salty do nothing stool you barnacle goo. Seaweed beard foam bone tree. Octopus crawl up your salty blue wall. 
tie your bows and polish your abalone. Seaweed bed from bone tree. Seaweed bed from bone tree.
atomic bomb. I am an automob, cosmic atomic bomb. Napster was a thing, you know, and we had the internet, and I just like started with Nirvana and went backwards, you know, and found that's that's how I found Minutemen. That's how I found the Germs. That's how I found Don Bowles. No, no, yeah, was it the Bleach guy? Was or was it Dave Grohl? Do what? Because Dave Grohl ain't on the Bleach, right? No, that's Chad Channing. Yeah, so. Who's the guy you got into? Probably well, both. Probably both, right? I mean, both, yeah. I mean, well, you know, first it was like, never mind that I heard, because that's what everyone knew. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I just I just was a nerd about that shit. I, I wasn't really good at anything else than music, so I, when everyone else went out and skated or played sports, I just went home and played drums and got on my computer and researched music. You know who started as a drummer, man? Jay Maskus. Oh, yeah, I know. And he told me he would practice George Hurley. Really? Yeah, what makes a man start fires, that kind of shit. Uh, pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, musical guy. Well, you know, anytime you play, you're invested in the next time you play. So I don't think it's ever fucking wasted. No. You know what I mean? So, some... Uh, what about bands that were run by drummers? Uh, shit. Well, in what way? <laughs> well, like Dave Grohl, right? He he ends up... I mean, he still... He, I know the first <laughs> album he did by himself, and I think he redid drums on the next one. Yeah. So, but, you know, Grant Hart did the same thing with after Husker, right? He plays guitar and sings, but, I mean, these are right. still drummer men. In fact, right. I've suggested to Steve Shelley... You know, I'm not even talking about composing, although that's another issue. Uh, mm -hmm. But just running a band. Drummers, would, I think, make great band leaders because, for one thing, the rhythm is the heart. The other thing is they know what's fucking going on. They have to use every limb of their body. <laughs> well, you know, drummers always book the tours, at least Okay, in my yeah, and a lot of them end up road managers and stuff. So bass players too Well, I'm, a, I'm actually a, an agent now. That's what I do for okay, work now. Okay, okay. So but what go. I'm saying is, you know what I mean? As far as like the rhythm, the heart, the drummer, you know, there's no denial there. Uh, the yeah. other thing is, you know, th this was in the 60s with the drummers at Georgie like uh, named Chico Hamilton. He couldn't get songwriting credit. Dr drummers can't write songs. Why? <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, I don't so, agree with that. <laughs> so you, 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 you're bringing guys over the house 
in the garage after school, right? You're, you're doing some teenage bands. What was like the oh, first? Yeah. yeah, what was the first one? Did you do well, gigs or funny, were they just practice bands? Well, what's funny is the uh, the band uh, that is on your list, Royal Bangs. Yeah, that was that that was the band that started in high school and actually was my you know career for a while. Um, so Ryan, who fronted that band, I mean, we we played music for half our lives together. Um, when we stopped doing the band thing, he, he went on to do, uh, he makes guitar pedals. He has a company called hologram electronics. Actually, I wouldn't call them guitar pedals. They're like an everything pedal. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, we, we played music together for life essentially. And then everything else was just kind of everything else. Just but we met, got, you went to school band. with you each other. We were both on the drum line. You, you went to school with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. We met each other, and then we both dropped out of high school band, <laughs> and then we started our own band. Okay. Um, we're going to play them in the last hour. I guess I'm backwards <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Playing the first shit last, but can you remember the first Royal Bangs gig? <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Uh, we, we played like a friend's barbecue when we were 15. Like backyard, kegger? Yeah, that kind of thing, and... We were so fucking nervous. It was, I dropped my sticks like three times. Now, what kind uh, of stuff were you, were you, were you copying songs or did you guys? Oh yeah, own? we, we were copying pavement and, okay. uh, you know, we liked the strokes. The strokes just came out then. Uh, so we liked the strokes, but there's a lot of guys I've had on the show, especially from these times, they started writing songs right away. Now that was real regular for like for me, D Boone, Georgie in the seventies, everybody copied off records but it seems oh, yeah. like people down the road because of the movement more more uh, courage to try and write your own songs early mm-hmm. well what was funny is ryan was really into like he was really into like neil young and rolling stones and i just wanted to play shit like black flag and minor threat yeah so it was Could like <laughs> somewhere in between there which was interesting uh but uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of just met in the middle. He liked the. He he wasn't as aggressive as I was, but so he's trying to play like pretty songs with me, hammering all over it. Well, but that can be good. Yeah, uh, contrast, right? Now, no, no, mm-hmm. you I, since we're gonna play some songs, you guys, was this the first recording you did? No, this stuff's a little later. This stuff. Okay. The stuff well, that I put on this list is when we were kind of more in our touring stage and right, right. actually putting out records and shit. What what about uh what was your first recordings like on four track and No, we uh we used Logic, I think. Ah, and a computer. Uh, okay. Yeah, we we had yeah, so I mean yeah. this is I'm 34. So this is like 20 years ago. We had uh you had like the basic version of Logic then. Sure, sure. Uh, Shit, even GarageBand, right? I had a guy on the show, he made a whole album on his fucking leash with GarageBand. It yeah. Even, it wasn't even like a, a crap top or a, a desktop, you know, it was a fucking leash. Yeah, no, that's the thing now, like, people in their early 20s that I know that play music, it's, I I mean, I was never, Ryan was always the one that recorded. I was, I didn't have enough patience to learn. Um, I did have a Tascam 4-track okay. that I did play with on my own 
and wrote my own stuff when I was 14, but... Um, what about electronic yeah, drums? You ever think now. about electronic drum? Uh, you know, I, I did... Uh, I did fuck with Ableton and, like, making beats and stuff like that for fun. Like sequencer um, shit and shit? Yeah. Because the guys, you know, Kraftwerk had two drummers. Right. And they... You know, there came a time when it was all sequencers, but at first they actually played those motherfuckers. Right, right. <laughs> I got to see them a few times, and uh, every time I saw them, they were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had this kind of weird, yeah, mannequin thing, but there was also this laughing. You could tell they were having a good time. <laughs> yeah. And stuff. You know, compared to like, uh, like you were saying, your first gig, like with uh, Royal Bangs, or like when I first started, or f- still, I get so fucking scared, I have to get in front of people. And it's like reading a uh, report in class or some shit. And very difficult. <laughs> you know, I, I, did, I did eventually get over it. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I had embarrassed myself enough in front of people to where I, you just, I just... <laughs> You know, I, I just kind of didn't worry about it anymore. I, I, I got that licked and by the time I was 20 or 21, I'd say. So like uh, like your vaudeville thing, you know, you work the room and just... Did you like, like not look around, like you just hunker down and focus? Or no, you know, no. I, don't I, I you like wink the at the girls now. or shit like that? <laughs> no, I like the attention now. Okay. No, I, 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 I still love playing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the the hard part about drums, besides playing them, is, is setting up and tearing down, right? I got one for my practice pad because it just took so fucking long. So I had Perkins, yeah. Steve Perkins, because he's with the DW people, took me mm-hmm. to Oxnard and I got, he, got, he got me one of these kits and I just, yeah, it's always there. They can just jump right on. Yeah, you know, with the bass stuff, they've made a lot smaller and lighter. They got to get that going with the drums. It seems mm-hmm. like, in some ways, the hardware got really big and heavy. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's why later on, in, in some of these bands, I'm I'm playing guitar and bass. Yeah, uh, I kind of, you know, the the older I got and less the other younger, bands less started, younger. I was like, you know what? I don't want to play drums. I want to play something where I don't have to carry as much shit. All the shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you you can imagine bass amps and stuff, but the, the technology there, they've been getting the shit smaller and smaller. Yeah. But I'm thinking of like the DW hardwares, you know, there's so much with the memory locks. and. But Hodge, he plays stuff from the 60s. Yeah, and it's a lot lighter and smaller, but then you can't be too rough on it. Not, not too much bam bam; it'll snap a toe. Well, you know when I when I first started, I you know I had a bunch of cymbals and you know I had three toms and all that shit. When I saw Deerhoof play at the Pilot Light, oh yeah, Greg, like <laughs> when I was like eighteen or twenty or something. When I when I saw him. And I saw Greg play, and he had a bass drum, a snare drum, and one cymbal. Yeah. And then, like, and he, like, sat on a fucking milk crate. Yeah. And had, like, a tambourine strapped to the bass drum. When I, when I saw him play that, I immediately took away my toms and took away most of my cymbals. I was like, fuck that. I don't need this shit. Like, I recorded an album that, with I was him. like, I want to do that. I recorded an like, album with him, and he had these, like, 
I don't know, 22-inch hi-hats. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the bottom one had to have holes in it because it wouldn't fucking close. Yeah, right, right. No, but, I, yeah, that was that was life-changing for me, seeing he's a great. drummer that could play with so little. Also, I, that I cat, like, he's deep in all kinds of music, not just the drum set, but coming from a drummer thing, that's why I'm saying it's a unique kind of place in the band. It's been put down. Look, 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 we're at the end of the first hour. May 27, 2020, just watch Pedro show. Special guest Chris Russ. Hold tight for hour two. May 27, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
if I can get away with this, we cut to about 3.30 in the a.m. in my bedroom, which is about the perfect time and place to do this song, I guess. There's nobody else around but the microphone. This is my change of someone else's arrangement of a Robert Johnson song called 3220 Blues. It's about a gun, 3220 caliber gun. I don't think they make them anymore, handguns anymore, at least, I don't know. They build it on a 45 frame, shoot down a car, shoot down anything. It's real phallic. Sometimes 
really, I think you're too sweet to die. Oh, sometimes I'm thinking that you're too sweet to die. Other times I'm thinking you ought to be buried alive. All right.
Alfred Pedro Show, second hour, start off. Well, before I tell you what we started to say, let me tell you what we played the last block of music, the last hour. One guitar, Midnight Bomber, with Bombs at Midnight. K. Uh, uh, Salido with uh, Le Sextet. K. from uh, Black Flag. Seaweed Beard, Foam, Bone, Fruit Tree. <laughs> from Cat Beefheart. Bilge Pump, out of Leeds, England. Dower, Hogwax. Two guitars from Midnight Bomber, what bombs at midnight. Kariki, Clean Kill. That This is the new album, Ian McKay and his wife Amy and Joe Lally. Uh, strike Slip after that. This is a brand new band with John Jones from the Urinals, John Talley Jones and Chem Trail. Super Session, early mix from their album. Uh, this thing called Love, that's Raymond Pettibone. Uh, Ricky Spalvda, Ray... Farrell and Raul of Morales Central. And then Octomom with Temp, Temp John. And then the second hour here, we had uh, X Gold doing Assembly Line, The Loyalists, Rainbow Pod Meets, 12 6 from Herman Gray, 13, no, 32 20 Blues, Peter Laughter, Mata I Macho from Few, and then Tuning It Out, X Gold. What, what was X Gold, Chris? X Gold is Sam and I from Royal Bangs. Uh, we made that band kind of at the end of Royal Bangs' career. I was, uh, you know, the band was ending. I was going through a divorce. Uh, dropped out of college to be in a band, so it was kind of a dark time. Kind of everything hitting at once. So we made a band. Uh, where we just kind of went back to being 14, writing punk songs like as if we were 14. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just I, I was playing guitar um, and I'm singing. Me and Sam are both singing. But I, I guess I just wanted a band that <laughs> just kind of reverted to to that time. And what was it like um, going from drums to guitar? Well, yeah, carrying shit's a lot easier. Yeah, carrying shit is a lot easier. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd always kind of played a little bit of everything. Uh -huh. I was just always better at drums. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was put. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, that band was just, you know, feeling it out. <laughs> feeling out the time in my life, I guess. Yeah, like kind of therapy rock? Yeah, I'd say so, you know, like... Uh, having to work in a restaurant after being in a touring band because you don't know what the fuck to do and then you're getting divorced. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what that was. Yeah, they got these kind of, I got one in the boat. Uh, my kind of line up. It's kind of rubbery shit. And you can squeeze it really hard without ruining it. And yeah. it kind of gets the stress out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it was. Um but you, yeah, were, you were writing songs, so you wrote on the guitar, right? Yeah, yeah. I kind of, well, at first I kind of mostly wrote everything. Uh, and then the, originally the band started off with me and three other dudes that worked in the restaurant with me that had never been in a band. Wow. And that was kind of the requirement. Like, they couldn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. So, like, that's what I wanted. And uh, like, so that's uh, how it started. What, what, what can you say? Blank canvas. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, and then, uh, yeah, the other guitar player, he quit because he got too drunk to play the show, and then Sam 
kind of just jumped in. When you uh, say the show, there was one gig? Well, yeah, I mean, we played a few gigs. Okay. And then uh, there was one in particular where he was just uh, a little, he, he just couldn't do it. So he dropped out, and then Sam's a really good guitar player, so then yeah. he joined it, and it kind of turned into a different thing from there. But originally it started off as it was important that no one really knew what they were doing too much. Well, it seems like Sam, I mean, the dude's available. You can call him, and he, here comes the fireman with the fucking hook and ladder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's good to have a cat like that. I've got people <laughs> yeah. like that in my life. No, I mean... Bucket Brigade, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Life I just told him, you. like, it's got to it's gotta stay dumb. Yeah. That was the important thing. Oh, and, and Shy Boys. Yeah, that's uh, that's my buddy Brandon Biondo. He was also in Royal Bangs for the second record. Okay. Uh, and that's mostly his stuff, and I played drums on it. Uh, I think at the time, though, I was... Uh, it was kind of around the same time, and I think I was drinking quite a bit. I think he had to, <laughs> I think I had to play those really easy drum parts a few times. Uh, <laughs> it was a dark time. Okay, um. <laughs> let's play ride. Okay. <laughs>
up for Pedro Show. That was Ride from the Shy Boys. I can't get no ride from Barons Whitfield the Savages. Carom after that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah Barons, he's out of uh, Boston or a town near there. I think it's called Berkeley, but it's in the Boston area. And then, and then we got three uh, tracks from uh, Cats in Canada. Uh, Carom with uh, Shimvat Bridge, uh, Chris Burns with Applesauce, and the Extract with Octagon. Oh, we should put that by Octomom. Senor Al from South London with uh, Rue Garal. And then finally, Julia from the Shy Boys. So, maybe uh, it should have been the Dry Boys. I mean, it was, it was kind of wet, <laughs> a little wet well, brain. I was. Okay. He, uh, yeah, Brandon, he, he does all kinds of shit. Um, he, he's, he's a Knoxville guy who... I've been playing music on and off with forever too. And like I said, he was in Royal Bangs on the second record, but yeah. he, he has a lot of projects and he just kind of changes the band names according to what fits. I think, um, you mean the cast of characters? No, <laughs> it's, it's him most of the time. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Well, you said band members. I think he is mostly the band member. Okay, and then okay. sometimes he just lets me play on his stuff. Well, there's some bands, uh, I know it like Mr. Kago in Tokyo with Cornelius, like he'll make the album, but then he needs a band to do gigs. Right. I'd, I'd put Brandon in that category. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, kind of, and so, like, you're there to aid and assist, but in a way it was kind of good, too, because of the, like you said, these the, the side stuff going on in your life. Yeah. And uh, But that that's trippy, the, the idea... Of, of getting cats who ain't never been in a band. What was that like? Was it tough? Um, a little bit, but it was... But it maybe was not, fun. right? Because they don't know what to do. They defer to you every time, right? Yeah, and that, that was fun because, you know, you just say, just do it. <laughs> don't give them direction <laughs> and just see what happens. That's... I don't know. I, I, I love doing that. Just And that's, and that's kind of the thing with Temp Job... Um, the ladies that sing on that song, uh-huh. I had met. They're they're a lot younger. They're they're in their early twenties, and yeah. this band happened like two years ago. But I, I just saw them doing a hip hop thing in town, and I had never met them before, never talked to them in my life. And I just went up to them, I'm like, "Hey, do you want to be in a band?" And they're like, uh, "I don't know, who's this old dude?" And luckily, they called me back. And then I'm playing bass in that band. I just like had the drummer and me with with them and played the songs and by the time I finished the song I was showing them on drums and bass they had already written all the words wow and, uh, yeah they're amazing see that's what I'm saying there's dudes these days that are songwriting really early you know much different than how you know us Minutemen guys it was all copying it, it impresses me about how people got balls out to, to start songwriting really early I think that's a good thing yeah you know, we're at that end of the second hour, May 27, 2020, Dish Watt Peter. So, special guest Chris Russ, hold tight for hour three. May 27, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Watch the Pedro show. Start the third hour off with uh, Caps doing geography uh, faster than time itself from Crane. And uh, I guess it got, this guy spent some time in the band. Yes, Patrick Mares. He lived up on the hill. Andre Vita out of Berlin with 202B. Timothy Erie. Yeah, baby. All right. Zigzags. We're going to fight. <laughs> A lot of dimension to that one. Uh, and finally, Caps with Bubblegum. Where, where, where does Caps fit in? So Caps, that's another band I play guitar in. Um, Is Sam that's just, there? <laughs> that's just me and some local Knoxville people. Actually, okay. Cece is in that band. I think she was supposed to do a show with you, but uh, she lost her phone. <laughs> and she doesn't really use technology. So I think that has something to do with it. Okay. Yeah, I think Mike Baguette was setting it up. Because I got four or five other people from Knoxville in the next. Okay, so that's Caps. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so the, so these days, you said you're, you're doing agent stuff. Yeah, yeah, I am. As as much as you can right now. <laughs> I, well, not. Uh, I didn't mean. Uh, yeah, the Quentin Quarantino pandemic mode. But uh, well, how long ago did you start getting into this agent thing? Uh, it was four years or no, six years ago. Okay, so uh, I started doing it. So you had and, good. Uh, you had a good five years without you know the nightmare. And and, and so yeah. how do you compare? From being the man in the van with the drumstick in the hand to the man outside the van with the phone in his hand. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite different. Uh, you know, it's uh, I feel like I kind of wish I could go back and realize more of what was going on. Now that I know. Um, we we had a great agent when we were doing our thing. You're talking about uh, when you were a drummer man only. You yeah, you knew what you yeah. knew now. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I love everyone I work with. Um, you know, I. I enjoy doing it. I, I I like playing music for fun now. But I gotta uh, tell you though, Chris, there's not a lot of dudes doing agent work that have band experience work. So That's they can't, true. in a way, That's they can't relate. True. You know what I mean? They got a map on the bulkhead and and a phone on the desk, and they're putting little pins, and they they're not There's making the hell rides. They're not, you know what I mean? Where you've been there, so in a way, I would call that experience a fucking bitching asset. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, there there are those agents that were in bands for sure, and I it's easier to talk to them, but there are definitely those agents that are just total bros that uh you know went to school and they could be selling vacuums or they could be selling bands and, and Socks. You, it's very easy to find them because they're usually wearing like a lot of jock shit um but you know it's i think it is good i, I have a much easier time connecting with bands than i think dudes that were not in a band do and here here's another easy way you look at the fucking routing they come up with, and if it looks like a goddamn spider web instead of a loop. <laughs> well, that goes both ways, though, because when, because <laughs> I was in that band, and and sometimes I'm like, this sucks, but you know, this is part of it. Like you're gonna you're gonna need to do this, and I know it sucks. So maybe it's that I I, I feel for them when I have to have them do that eight to nine hour drive. You know, Portland to the other Portland. 
Oh God, yeah. <laughs> more like, more just like the, you know, like the West Coast, man. It's not easy to route. Dude, uh, I live out here. <laughs> yeah, so you and know, people, and you know, and you people know. are telling me, why are you always playing Boise? I said, look at the fucking why. map. <laughs> Well, it, Why are you always playing thing, Salt Lake City? I look at a map. There is ways to do loops, though, without backtracking. But it is hard, and it takes a lot of uh, coordination between the promoter and the, the agent man. I think well, there's a, the I think it's there's an art in it just as much as like coming up with a good bass part or to go with a kick drum. There is, and 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 the thing is too is. One of the other hard parts is getting from the east side of the states to the west side of the states without going through Texas twice. <laughs> and then you've got fucking Kansas. You know, you got to do the, the Kansas City to Denver is kind of all you got. Uh, it, well, there's also, of, you could do the Platte way and go to Omaha. Right, you can do that. <laughs> but, you could. You know. I have. <laughs> several, several times. I have if you too. call Torn more than a month, I've done 68 of them now. So only yeah. 68 more to go. Look, I want to play uh, Brainbow. <laughs> yeah. Great title.
Down further on the couch, oblivious to the noise around, where a few moments of grace have re revealed common ground and the need for understanding, troubles negotiated freely toward an imaginative truth, a chance agreement in the conversation, a small miracle in the petri dish, just this one time talking and dragging things down a little, digging out a little trouble and attempting to solve the world's problems, have a nice time talking, who knows where it may end by giving it some meaning already, leading these things on linguistically and actually doing good by this, talking your way out of a hole and coming up with something that would result in a handshake, and therefore you did it for today.
time for the soft shoe portion of the program. It goes like this. Well, hateful fascists got you. Take two. Well, hateful fascists got you down. Just turn that frown upside down. It's a beautiful day to say. Fuck you. Feeling hopeless? Feeling lost? That's all right. Two simple words can cover the cost. It's a beautiful day to say. Fuck you. Well, it's divide and conquer. And it's always been that way. You can try to love everyone and you'll have a shitty day. Ah, you don't have to love them, but you don't have to hate them because you just fucking let them be. The government's a shadow. It's all a fucking scam. But deep down, you're free. So scumbag fascists got you down it's all right you can turn that frown upside down it's a beautiful day to say fuck you feeling hopeless feeling lost it's all right two simple words can cover the cost my friend it's a beautiful day to say fuck you yeah well it's divide and conquer and it's always been this way you can try to love everyone and you'll have a terrible day ah you don't have to love them but you don't have to hate them, could you just let them be? The government's a shadow, shadow, capital S-C-A-M. That's what it is. But deep down, motherfucker, you're free to say fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you, come on, say fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, yeah, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, oh fuck you, come on. Fuck you, you goddamn motherfucking douchebag piece of shit, pain in the ass, scumbag, pinhead
Alvaro Pedro show. Last music for this edition. Royal Bangs, where it all started for Chris here. And Sam, Rainbow. Rainbow, <laughs> I should say. It's great. Soul of Jesus, have that bit and wool. The uh, deep end of the conversation, Joe Brewer. Bark, out of uh, Knoxville there, originally Mississippi. But Gator Lake Road, in fact, Oxford. One day I got to play that town. Ole Miss. Uh, old Man Fuck You, that's uh, Steve Giganti, who uh, served aboard the good ship Deerhoof. Uh, I love that, man. Old, old Man Fuck You. This guy can play some guitar. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he, he, and he's pretty witty with the lyric. <laughs> it's well, a beautiful I, day to say fuck you. <laughs> yeah, Jason Boardman and Steve and I did a impromptu show at Pilate last yeah. year. Uh, Jason and I played drums and... Steve played, I think, like a two-string bass or something. And then we had our friend Monica, who had never been in a band or sang on stage before. She she sang. It went really well. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That show is that show that we played, that impromptu show where we'd never played before. Yeah. That's that's when Mike Vegetta saw me play for the first time. And wow. that's when he asked me to play on some of those songs that you play on. Yeah, yeah. For, well, look. That's called the law of unintended consequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All full circle. I tell you, that the little philosophy I gave you about whenever you play, you're invested in the next time you play. You never fucking know, right? Yeah. That's why people who, like, don't give a shit, they're wrong. Man, I liked playing those songs. Life's only a oh, Yeah, yeah, Mike writes some good shit. Uh, that, uh, then uh, Henry Kaiser with uh, Alvaro Domene. El Tren Fantasma, part one of five. It's another five-parter we're going to hear the next five weeks. And finally, the world bangs with Fireball. When I was a boy, there was a show called from England called Fireball XL5. And it was these puppets. There was different versions of it. One was called Thunderbirds. You know what I'm talking about? These no. They're in space and shit, these little puppets. You see the, you know, the wires and shit and the eye, big eyebrows and... What, they never showed the legs because that was really fucked up and stuff. So, what, what do you got planned? What, what are you doing in the meantime right now, Chris? Because of the situation, booking twenty twenty one. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Moving things from this year to next year, essentially. Sure. And what do you think? Venues are going to handle gigs different. They're going to have a. Uh, lower capacities, uh, more spread around, space in between? You know, no one really knows. And that's the thing is, um, you know, when South by Southwest canceled, I moved. Uh, I have this one artist, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. It's like outlaw country stuff. Yeah, no, I've played them on the show. Uh, Bloodshot. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or she's out of Raleigh, but they're on Bloodshot. Yeah. Out of Chicago. Um, so I rerouted her March tour as soon as South by Southwest canceled. I rerouted it for July, and then two months later, I'm rerouting it again. <laughs> you know, so Look, basically, what I'm doing is I'm booking right. shows and then canceling them again, and then rebooking them, and then it's doing like you're that trying to dance again. on a carpet that's being pulled out from under you. Yes, that's that's what I'm doing. But you know, I'm, just uh, look, I admire you for keep on keep, <laughs> no to keep on pushing. You know, not throwing your hands in the air. No, and a lot of people. I mean, like at the big agencies, like yeah. Paradigm and whatnot like i mean so many people have been laid off yeah. like huge agents have been laid off oh yeah oh yeah and uh i mean i'm just a small fry so 
luckily I can I don't have much overhead. I can just keep going. Well, there might uh, be something to learn in that. Maybe oh, too much overhead. Exactly you know what I mean? Is. We see things are going okay, and then we got no plan B, and then when something goes heavy, Chris, well, it's been thing. a great, great honor to have you on the show. Thanks so much. You're going to have sticks in your hand, guitars in your hand, and that phone to book gigs. That's right. The man outside the van. You know, a very important cat. Uh, Steve yeah, Call, I've had the same you. agent for 30, 32 years now, 33 years. He's just beautiful when you got a That's cat awesome. that really understands. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for being on the show. And any new music you got, please come on. Well, let's talk about it, okay? Sounds good. Okay, people, it's been May 27, 2020 edition. Wow, for Pedro, she'll keep your powder dry.